Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you. Another Monday evening, reflecting into the richness of our faith, a night where we have the opportunity from week to week to reflect upon the great theme of witness. And as I do from one Monday to the next, uh, I have a guest who will share with with us uh, their journey of faith. So Monday night takes on many different shapes, many different forms. This night, I am most excited to have a, a special guest and guests, I should say, we have some sisters visiting us from uh, Vietnam, so uh, they have come to uh, share their story, uh, and their story in of itself, I think, is a profound witness for all of us. You know, our Lord tells us in the gospel, to the least of your brethren, you do unto me. And I think the message this evening, tonight, is really about that, going to the margins, going to those who are on the outside, going to those who are the unloved, the poorest of the poor, as uh, Blessed Teresa of Calcutta liked to talk about it, uh, that's where we need to go. And we have uh, someone here with us uh, tonight that certainly is serving the poorest of the poor. And so I would like to welcome uh, Sister uh, Teresita, uh, who is with us tonight, along with Sue, who will be translating uh, for Sister Teresita. That being said, while we have a translator in studio here this evening, I thought it would behoove us tonight to go ahead and keep Sister Teresita's uh, Vietnamese within the program, not to edit it out. You know, her presence here, I think, is so important uh, and is really what will make this radio program this evening. So uh, by keeping her Vietnamese, by keeping her native language of Vietnamese, I think it will really add to just the organic nature of, of this conversation and this radio program. And uh, I also have uh, a local Chicoan here in studio, Julie Trainer. Julie, great to have you with us Thank here you, tonight. And maybe, Julie, we ought to start with you, uh, because certainly Sister Teresita nor uh, Sue would be here this evening, if it wasn't for your trip to Vietnam that you made with, with uh, the Salvation Army. So maybe you can tell us about that initial trip and then what that meant for you and, and your connection with the sisters here. Going to Vietnam was such an unexpected trip in so many ways. I knew I was going to see sisters. I knew I was going to meet um, the orphans. And in fact, when I was packing my bags full of school supplies for the kids, I was in prayer the whole time. I'm just trying to prepare my heart for what I was going to experience. And the night I got there, it was really dark and you could hear the crickets, you know, just like home and uh, walked up the hill to where the orphanage is. And a hundred of the children were lined up there and they were singing a welcome song to, uh, to us. And um, as soon as that song was over, they came to us and uh, shook our hands and started touching our faces and just feeling um, the dirt on their hands their smiles and experiencing falling in love with them was really what it was and it was so easy to uh, love back on them in the way that they were um, loving on us as, as, as 
foreigners. And then leaving was an incredible experience because I was torn. I wanted to come home and, of course, be with my family. But at the same time, it was so hard to leave feeling like I didn't know what I needed to do next because I felt like there was so much left undone. And the coolest part about the sisters is every time you leave, they truly never say goodbye. They look at you in the eye and usually there's tears flowing on both sides and they just say, we'll see you next time. Julie, as I listen to you, I can't help but be excited to really uh, engage this, uh, this evening, this radio program with Sister Teresita and Sue, to, to better get to know what they're about. So, Sister Teresita, uh, you are here uh, certainly for a reason, but before we get into that, I would just want to have you tell our listening audience um, what your ministry is about back home in Vietnam. I think it's a pretty extraordinary thing, what you're doing, uh, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Xin kính chào quý khán giả. Tôi là Sotorizita đến nước Mỹ theo lời mời của Hội bàn người cùi ở California để đến để dự cái đại hội để khuyên gây quỹ tiền bạc và các mà các ân nhân đã gửi đến để những người trong thiền nguyện trong hội về Việt Nam để giúp những người bệnh nhân phong cùi ở Việt Nam và đặc biệt họ đã đến Pleiku để giúp chúng tôi vì vậy từ ba năm họ mời chúng tôi qua đây một lần và tôi là người được mời đến và trong kỳ dịp này cô Julie là người cũng là hỗ trợ cháu mồ côi mà chúng tôi đang giúp ở quê nhà ở tại tu viện chúng tôi thì chúng tôi đến để thăm trường mà đã hỗ trợ chúng tôi First, um, I would like to say um, my name is uh, Sister Teresita, and I'm I'm coming from Pleiku, Vietnam, and my um, ministry back home is well. Let's go back a little bit. She's um, talking about every three years the leopard um, community, um, the Vietnamese leopard community in United States invited me every, once every three years to come here and um, to join them in um, uh, celebrating and appreciate of all of the work and all of the money and donated to uh, Vietnam especially and um, to her orphanage uh, over in Vietnam and over in Vietnam she does um, we take care of an orphanage of about a hundred kids and um, some of them are disabled and with the help of uh, the leopard community over here, the Vietnamese leopard community over here, along with Julie's um, help, uh, the sponsor, um, every three years I get to come over here for um, fundraising and help um, get some more funds for the um, orphanage and for Vietnam. Maybe you can tell our listening audience a little bit more about the specific work that you do within the orphanage. I think our listening audience would want to know about what that day might look like. Just generally speaking, what does a day look like for a sister working in an orphanage in Vietnam? Cô Nhi Viên chúng tôi được thành lập để giúp những, đặc biệt cho những người dân tộc, người thiểu số, và đặc biệt những con em mà theo tục lệ người dân tộc thiểu số, mẹ chết đi thì chôn mẹ theo sau. 
với mẹ chúng tôi cứu về nuôi và những con em của những người lỡ lầm họ muốn phá thai chúng tôi nâng đỡ họ để sinh ra vì thế những cháu đó chúng tôi có những cháu ở tại cô như viện con số các cháu và những các cháu cô nhi người thiểu số cũng rất là khó khăn chúng tôi giúp được ăn học tại tu viện chúng tôi nuôi ăn các em tại tu viện các em được ăn học và được hòa nhập vào xã hội mà các em đang mong muốn vì thế chúng tôi xin cũng trên bay để kêu gọi cái lòng bạc ai tư thiền của các anh nhân đến giúp chúng tôi và nhờ đó chúng tôi đã thực hiện được một cái cô nhi viện được cách đây 5 năm hôm nay tôi đến đây thì được sự hỗ trợ khích lệ của trường Notre Dame do cô Julie giới thiệu chúng tôi rất là vui và được khích lệ công việc của chúng tôi ngoài ra chúng tôi giúp những bệnh nhân phong cùi đi vào trong các buôn làng người thường để giúp cho những bệnh nhân phong cùi giúp cho họ ông bỏ vết thương cũng như cứu đói cho họ vừa nhờ những bàn tay giúp chúng tôi để chúng tôi đem vào quà rồi cơm gạo mắm muối cho những người đó tất cả những điều đó chúng tôi đã thực hiện trong hiện tại này Quickly on the um, the mission of the orphanage that she had over in Vietnam, Julie, me, you may step in a little bit to talk about this, and I'm not going to talk about the daily what um, the sister do. Okay. Um, but on in general, Pleiku is like a highland of in Vietnam. So, of um, her orphanage is to capture as much as many ethics um, children that mm-hmm. have uh, non-educated. Mm-hmm. And um, they're taking care of um, from an infant. Mm-hmm. Um, you can share a little bit that when you were back home, what you see there. Yeah, the Highland people are considered ethnic groups, and they have very few opportunities within their own country. And if the sisters were not taking care of the children during the day, the children would, would be just subject to a life of labor. So what the sisters have done is opened up um, the orphanage to... Um, those children so they do have the opportunity for education and then they can go back out into their community later in life with that education um, and advance themselves in their society. Um, The other children that are there are surrendered to them and um, some of them come to them um, by way of a custom that would um, let this is someone would let the sisters know that the mother had passed away And if the child is under the age of one in their custom in the highlands, um, oftentimes the, the child who is still alive is buried with the mother who has passed away. So when the sisters are notified that um, a child is about to be buried, many times they rush up to that area mm. and then they're able to take the child in and then educate them with the yeah. others that come to them daily. Um, and they have really made an huge extended family within the orphanage mm. where they educate and, and treat them all the same and give them all the same love and attention and um, it's an unending labor of love each mm-hmm. day yeah. truly inspiring amen yeah. so on a daily basis they have about, uh, about close to 100 um, children they age from infant to about 12 years old um, 
they have 12 nuns that help out with all of the labor. Um, they would taking care of them from uh, cooking. Um, and so we have 12 sisters in charge of each um, individual area, for example. Um, we have they have, uh, they have cook. Um, we have assistant with um, the nursing. Music. Nursing is the majority of that, and taking care of the little uh, disabled. I was kids so surprised. There. You have a IT. Yes. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> and then one of the big thing that we discover or we um, see over there is the coffee plantation. They do mm. occupy a little small um, coffee coffee plantation back there and one sister in charge of that and the purpose for that is to raise m enough money to take care of the, the infants and the sister there. well that's the industry to be in these days right, right. <laughs> <Coffee>. <laughs> everyone has to have their cup of coffee uh -huh. and it's it's amazing that they can sustain themselves through their own work sure and then this sister Teresita believes so much in educating the 12 sisters there so she's mm -hmm. constantly sending them out for further education so they mm. can come back and better the children's lives there you know as we talk about technology i cannot help but think of our most recent popes you know in saint john paul ii and benedict XVI. they both have spoken about technology and how we are to see technology not as an end in of itself but as a means to an end you know, St. John Paul II once said that history is not some fixed progression of events towards what is better based upon our advancement of technology. Rather, it is an event of freedom, an event of choosing right from choosing wrong. Benedict on the heels of this, you know, would talk about technology as essentially having a ceiling that the heights of truth can only be realized to the degree that we love one another. And certainly technology being used as a means to an end ought to be used to advance a culture, to advance the ways in which a culture can grow and expand in the area of education and certainly other areas that might uh, help an industry. You know, you talk about uh, the coffee industry, help that industry uh, grow. And I think that's a good transition into their work they do with the lepers because mm. these people within their own society, you already have the ethnic groups then you have those that are lepers within that group. Mm. And those are all separated from everyone. Um, and without the help of the sisters, they would not have food. They would not have any medical attention. So while they are um, constantly trying to re-educate themselves to better care for these lepers, they are dealing with very limited resources. And, and when we have visited there, we have not been able to visit because they are so far away. They have to go mm. um, miles and miles on um, really windy roads on these little motorcycles to even reach these people. Yeah. So last time on my visit, she discussed to me, I think it's about $1,000 cost to take care of these lepers, and that cost is never met. Mm. And they are mm. constantly trying to find ways to feed, trying to find ways to take care of and, and it's, it's older people all the way down to children. Wow. Well, and so you've come here to the States. You've come here to the States. Uh, why? California. California. 
và tôi cũng được cô Julie mời đến đây vì thế tất cả những cái lý do đó tôi đến được Mỹ trong cái thời gian này để được gặp gỡ và thăm viếng gia đình tôi cũng như là thăm viếng những ân nhân của chúng tôi One of the major reason uh, once again uh, for the reason that I'm being here on every once every three years is to because of all of the needs for the orphanage this is the only way for me to raise the money in um, United States hmm. um, the leper uh, community the Vietnamese leper community is is big um, somewhat they've been helping with the orphanage so every uh, occasion that they invited us to come over to share our feelings and share what we have accomplished back home I would be here at the same time that I take the opportunity to um, see if there's any other ways to fund enough, you know, raise enough money to help the uh, orphanage because it's a continuous uh, work and it's can, you know, it's cost so much money over there. Um, and also, I have family over here, and so every opportunity that I can, I come here to visit my family. Mm. Um, recently, I have um, diagnosed with cancer about three years ago mm. and so i recover from that um i feel better but i want to take this i wanted to visit my family as much as i can because sure. i don't know um when will be the next time sure sure and so here you are in chico i know julie you've you've made the trip out there several times um representing uh, saint john's representing notre dame And I know you've been to Notre Dame. That is Notre Dame's school, the grade school, uh, TK through eight. What? Uh, so what's what's happening today? Nay, chúng tôi đến Chico để gặp gỡ Julie, gia đình Julie và được mời đến trường Notre Dame để dự bế giảng của ngày trường học của trường học. Thì chúng tôi rất là vui được uh, tất cả cô uh, hiệu trưởng cũng uh, nhân viên đón tiếp chúng tôi và chúng tôi đã được tặng quà của trường do cái sự hy sinh uh, bác ái của các cháu trong trường cũng như các phụ huynh trong trường đã giúp đỡ chúng tôi. Such overwhelming today. Um, we have got to um, Julie invited us to Notre Dame uh, school and uh, presented by the school many many gifts uh, money blankets uh, and julie can share a little bit more about all of the experience the kids go through how to achieve that one of the biggest um, accomplishment or the fundraising that notre dame have been able to do for the orphanage is um, to give us the orphanage the money to raise some pigs uh, for the past Six months we mm. bought some young baby pigs mm -hmm. so that we can raise some money yeah. and they pretty big now they got the picture at the school okay. <laughs> so we're gonna i think uh, hoping in a month we're gonna sell that so julie you can um you know say more about today what happened yeah at Notre the, Dame. um the idea between putting the two schools together came from similarities i saw within the children's spirit here and in play coup We have children that come from very well-to-do families here. They don't need to worry about food coming to the table. And it's such a stark contrast to those children in Vietnam. But they're so similar in just the joy that they have and the spirit that they have. And so when I discussed this with one of the teachers, Terry Westlake, 
she encouraged me um, and was a very big part of finding a way to get the children involved in the spirit of giving back to others, go beyond the walls of our school, do something greater than themselves. And this opportunity um, has blossomed in the spirit of the children. Each one of them have given of their own time, their own money to donate to Sister Teresita, who um, until today they had never met. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to me, it is such a testimony to God's love because um, the children have championed this cause on their own. And today, for the first time, had the opportunity to meet her and to share um, with her how much they do care and do pray for her ministry and for the children there. One of the stories that I would like to share that I heard from Julie yesterday that the, one of the kids that raised, uh, they, she sell chicken eggs, saved the money, and donated to the orphanage $60 of her own. And we wow. don't know how old she is, four or five years old, but that wow. is such a Yeah, the mother said story. when she heard they were raising pigs, she got very excited and went went to to the farmers sure. market and sold her eggs and raised sixty dollars and wanted wanted to make sure that went to the pigs. Wow, and how old? I think she was eight years old. I'm not okay. sure. She has several children. I wasn't sure which daughter it was, um, but it was just again something that was beyond myself. I am so overwhelmed when I'm in Vietnam, feeling so small, so incapable, so inadequate for the need, mm-hmm. and. That prayer has been answered over and over when I come home and I have families stepping forward um, to do good deeds for the people they haven't even met. Yeah. It's, it's, in, it's incredible. Yeah. You put it well, you know, Julie, the bonds of love. It essentially goes beyond the borders of our nations, the, the, the endless ways in which we try to kind of corner ourselves in. I mean, when you put love in the middle, uh, this is what happens. And I think it's a... Well, as I talked about off the top, you know, here each and every Monday, we talk about the importance of witnessing to our faith. The bottom line is we can never witness to our faith if we are not sacrificing, if we are not giving of our time, if we do not see ourselves second to Jesus Christ. I mean, he always has to be front and center. I know I go back to Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. She would never shy away from saying, this is not my work. This is Jesus's work, right? This all, mm. all that we do belongs to Jesus Christ. And when we have that mindset, we begin to think, as you put so well, Julie, um, beyond those walls that we uh, so typically set up uh, around ourselves. Uh, and that's the beauty of, of what you are doing. You know, I can't help but think when we talk about sacrifice you know, Pope Francis has certainly uh, echoed those words of St. John Paul II and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI um, in saying that, you know, the end game for all Christians and all Catholics is about holiness. It's about giving glory to God in all that we do, and that is holiness. And what does the word sacrifice mean? You know, sacrum fitse, to make holy all of the sacrifices that you make is a profound witness to holiness. You know, as you were talking there and, and listening to the translator uh, and, and also Julie about uh, your uncalculated, immeasurable yes to go up and get those children um, before they are, are buried alive is an incredible witness, a profound witness. And I just want to 
take this time to say thank you. I am grateful. I know all that uh, you, um, all those around you are grateful, certainly. I, I, you know, talking with Julie as she's come back from these trips, uh, she has an extra kick in her step <laughs> because of your witness to the faith. Um, you know, Julie, you, you say, I, I felt so small. And I think that's the way we're supposed to feel. <sighs> we are supposed to feel like there's something bigger going on. Yeah. And that bigger thing is the work of Jesus Christ within our, within our own lives and then consequently uh, within our own communities. And uh, so, Sister Teresita, I am very grateful for your presence here today. Uh, and certainly, we have our translator here, of which we are indebted to. So thank, thank you, you very Sue. much. Sue. Thank you, thank Sue, you for uh, having us. Yeah, very much appreciated. And of course, Julie, your um, your witness to the faith in many ways, bringing the sisters here to our community. I think both our Christian and Catholic community is indebted to your gift of time, um, that you would carve out time in your schedule to to do what you do. Um, and of course, as we sit here uh, this evening bring in Sister Teresita to us. So I, I do thank you for that. I would also like to add that having the opportunity with Sister in my life, I feel the closest I could possibly feel with someone um, and they're looking into their eyes and seeing Christ in them. And every opportunity I have to be with her, I um, learn more about my own faith and it has been such a blessing, such a gift. And I just um, want to share that for others so that they can find the opportunity to spend time with others that exemplify Christ in such a way because it is so powerful and it teaches us how we can um, do more, really, with our own gifts, do more with um, what God gives to us on a daily basis and uh, never tire of serving others. She's that example to me, someone who is not the youngest person but who never tires of getting up to serve others at 5 a.m. in the morning. And I, I don't know when she rests, but I know I can do more for others in my every day. And I'm so grateful for her in my life. So thank you. Thanks, Julie, for sharing. And with that, what I would like to do is just um, close in prayer. And, and in this prayer, we will just continue to ask for God's blessings upon Sister Teresita, your work, your community's work, and just collectively that we might be uh, more emboldened to uh, serve in the capacity that you serve. I mean, being willing to go to those who are most in need, uh, go to those colonies that are, are within our own communities that we need to be um, at the service of. Let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of this evening, uh, the gift of Sister Teresita and her community, and those who have come here this evening to witness to uh, their work. And we pray these things through the prayer that you taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen, and God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.